Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, and welcome to the Cool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over the power of a service agreement and how this can protect you and also enhance your business and make things really clear to your customers. So I'm going to go over some of the finer points that you should have in your service agreement and why I think it's a good idea to have something like this for your customers to sign and acknowledge even though it's a non-binding agreement and it's not technically a contract, but I think you'll see the benefits of having a service agreement. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open seven days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's referral program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. Just about every company I work with has some kind of agreement they want you to sign. Usually the good companies have a one or two page agreement that kind of goes over the scope of work that they're going to perform, what their duties are, what your duties are. And this is in a lot of industries when you you know do any kind of real estate deal, there's an agreement that the agent makes you sign. And of course, any kind of business deal, there's always some kind of agreement And again, this may not be a legal contract or a document that's binding. However, it's something that explains the terms of service. And I think this is an important thing that a lot of pool companies don't have in place. And it's a really simple thing to put in place. Now, having all of your current customers sign a service agreement, this sometimes can be a little touchy because they feel like you're making them sign a contract of some kind. But if you are implementing the service agreement and you have existing customers, You can just let them know that you're doing this because you've had some problems with certain customers, not them, of course, but you've had some problems with people. And so you're implementing this agreement just because you want to make sure your services are clear. That's kind of the way you want to do it, because if you just kind of email them a service agreement after like a year or two of service, it's going to be kind of weird. And I've had this experience before, by the way, where I'm trying to get a customer to sign a service agreement after the fact. And it's more difficult. So definitely you want to have the service agreement when you start the customer on your route. And a service agreement is something very simple. I just signed one recently for a drafter who's doing some drawings for me for a project. And his was really detailed. I really liked his format. And it's one of those things where he explained everything he's going to be doing, the scope of the work, the limitations of his work, you know, how the code changes all the time in cities. And so anything he does expires in 90 days. All this is important for the customer to know because if I go back to him, you know, six months down the road and say, hey, you did this for me and the city doesn't approve it, well, there's a 90-day expiration because codes do change all the time. So I think these are important aspects of any business and especially in the pool industry where if you don't have any kind of terms of service, the customer may, may be saying that you're not performing your duties or if you miss a day because of rain and you don't explain things to them. I think these are important aspects that could get you in trouble and could hurt your business in the long run. 
So it's good to have everything in writing when you first start the account. And again, it's easier when you first start versus getting everyone onto a service agreement after the fact. And so if you want to let some existing customers ride without the service agreement, let's say you have 20 or 30 customers already and you want to implement this now, I don't think it's a huge factor because you already have established a relationship with the customer. This is really for a lot of new customers that don't know what you're doing at their pool. So the first thing in a service agreement, and by the way, if you want the template of the one I'm talking about here, you can email me at david at swimmingpoollearning.com. Again, david at swimmingpoollearning.com, and I'll send you a word format. And I keep it one page basically because I want to make it simple and easy. And so it begins with your company's name, how much you're charging, the address of the customer, and how much you're charging per month. And I think these are important things because if you get an account and you're just charging them and you tell them, oh, it's going to be 170 a month, and there's nothing in writing that states that's what you're charging them, and there's a dispute that arises later, you have something in writing at least that you know shows this is how much you were going to charge them every month. And if they don't pay the amount, you have that, at least the the, the written amount and a piece of paper that you can show them. I don't think you can really go to court in a lot of cases against customers that don't pay you because that's considered a small claims court. You can't put a lien against them unless you're a general contractor. And even then, you have to go to court to file a lien. So it's good to have you know something in writing, at least the amount that they pay you every month in case they do get behind and you have to go see a judge in small claims court. You can tell the judge, yes, the customer signed the service agreement. It says they pay me 170 per month. They're six months behind, and so they owe me this amount. Of course, you don't want to let the customer get that far behind, but some people do. But at least you have something. At least you can show the judge that, hey, in the small claims court, this is the amount you were charging them, and they didn't pay for, for three or four months if you wanted to go that far. But to me, I think having the per month sum, it's just to remind them. Because sometimes, you know, the wife's paying you, you know, the 170 per month, and the husband writes a check for 150 and you can tell him, oh, sorry, Mr. Jones, but it's actually 170 per month. Here's a copy of the service agreement with the amount here, and if you can just send the $20, that'd be great. And this may happen once in a while, so you definitely want to have the amount written down somewhere, and not just verbally or, you know, or in a text message. You want to have actually a piece of paper with your service rate written on there. Next, if you want to put the service performed at each visit, I think this is crucial because you may have customers saying, hey, you didn't do this on my pool, or you didn't do this and that. And I think it's one of those things where you should have it in writing what you're doing each week. And so services performed at each visit are you check the chemicals, you clean the skimmer and pump basket. You may have customers saying, hey, you didn't clean the skimmer basket, but it could have been windy. And you could just say, yes, you know, I clean it every week. It's in the service agreement. I do do it every week. It may have just been windy that afternoon. You know, you vacuum the pool and spa. And I put this in my agreement. Some people don't put this in there. And I think it's really vital to have this in there. I vacuum the pool and spa as needed. And this is something that disputes may arise. And if you have an employee, they may say, hey, your employee didn't vacuum my pool. Well, it's as needed. And you decide when it needs to be vacuumed. If you have it in there that you vacuum the pool at every visit, this can be really time consuming and a detriment to your business because some pools don't need vacuuming at every visit. If you're having your employee drop in the vacuum at every visit because visually you want the customer to see that they vacuum it, that's a little bit different. But if they have to do it because it's in the agreement, I think that's wrong. And I think it's really hindering your ability to get through the pools quickly. A lot of pools have automatic cleaners. They don't really need vacuuming every week. 
And then I have in there that I'm going to brush the walls every week. Something that I think you should be doing because it does help you prevent algae from blooming. It makes the pool look better. And it's something that you want to do to make sure that the pool, you know, has looks good. Because if you don't brush the walls and you just vacuum the bottom or if there's an automatic cleaner, there may be dirt where you can see it on the wall. So you want to brush the pool. And you want to skim, of course, the surface and any leaves off the bottom of the pool. Basically, you're leaving the pool clean every week. And so the vacuuming when needed is something that I added to my agreement so that the pool looks good and I'm just skimming and brushing. There's no need to vacuum that pool. The other one is things that you're going to do on a monthly and quarterly basis. And that's, of course, checking the conditioner level and adding it when needed. You can also add in there, I don't have this, I probably should put it in there, where you're checking the salt for saltwater pools. You may have people wondering if you're checking the salt level. Backwash and, and filter clean as needed. And then you're going to check, of course, the hardness, calcium hardness, and the TDS level of the pools. And that's quarterly or monthly, depending on, you know, when you get around to it. So it's a pretty broad thing in the agreement to where I'm not checking it every month. And it's something that you can do every three months. And so the customer is aware that you're doing this added service, and it's not going to be weekly. And then here's things that you're not going to include in the monthly fee. And this this is really important that you really want to put this in there. And it's something that you really want to have in the service agreement. And I'm looking at my agreement here, and I haven't updated in a while, but it's kind of funny. I'll get to that point in a minute. I'll definitely update it so that when I send it to you, it's going to have more realistic pricing. And I think I overlooked that. So I apologize to anyone who got the agreement prior. The numbers are a little bit off here. And the things that are not included are shock, algicide, conditioner, salt, etc. So basically, anything that you're adding to the pool, you're going to charge for. And the customer is aware of that because you have that in writing. And then I have filter cleaning every six months. And you can change this to every four months if you want. But I have mine at every six months. And I have $85 for cleaning. Of course, that's a little higher now. But it's a good baseline, I think. And that's not the number that I was laughing at. And then any repairs to the pool or the pool equipment something that's additional. So if you're taking time to put parts on their, you know, rainbow chlorinator, or if you're changing the O-rings on the backwash piston, you charge for that because that's basically a repair. Of course, putting in a pump and motor, you're going to build them separately for that. But just so they know that any kind of repair is going to be something that's extra. And then I have here, the three-inch tablets will be left at your property. A 50-pound bucket will be billed to you at $120 when needed. That should, of course, be tripled right now, but I, that's something I forgot to edit, and definitely that's the 2019 pricing for the tablets. This is an older service agreement, by the way, that I've been using for a long time, and so that's why I probably missed that one, but I'll definitely update that right now so that it's reflecting a more realistic price. Next, I have the holiday policy. So I go over this a lot, and I think this is an important point. I just went over it when I was talking yesterday, but I think that you have a built-in extra day of the week. And in March this year, there's five Wednesdays, five Thursdays, and five Fridays. And you're going to use those days for sick days, holidays, things like that. And so if there is a holiday that you're going to skip, and if there's a holiday like the 4th of July, you may want to go the day before. You know, if the, if it falls on a Thursday, you want to do your Thursday pools on a Wednesday, or kind of break about Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It can be off on the 4th of July. I think certain holidays, you definitely don't want to skip the pool because, you know, in July, skipping a pool can be dangerous. 
as far as getting back there the next week and it's going to be, you know, have algae or, or turn on you. And of course, you know, you're going to take a week off between Christmas and New Year's and that's actually in your contract. I think that should be in the contract so that the customer knows that between Christmas and New Year's they're taking that week off. And you're going to take an additional week off sometime during the year and sick days when needed. So you have four, you have a whole month basically to use as you please on as vacations or sick days because of that extra day. And you can explain that to the customer verbally. I don't have it here because it's really complicated to explain in, in a service agreement. Rainy day, I put chemicals will be added to the pool and be cleaned on the following visit because if it's raining, you can't really do much to the pool. And, you know, if it really is raining super hard, you don't even want to go out there. But you want the customer to know that you're not going to be out there in the rain, skimming the pool, brushing the pool, vacuuming the pool. You're just there to check the chemicals to make sure everything's good. And you're going to clean the pool on the following visit. I think that's an important policy. And it's something that you should have in writing because you're not going to be out there vacuuming a pool in the rain. Besides being dangerous, it's just a waste of your time. And the sick day policy, that's something next. And you also are going to explain that. I have that explained in the sick day policy that there's four extra free service days per year. And then you're going to use those for sick days and vacations. And it's important to have that noted because the customer is clueless a lot of the times. Like, you know, hey, you weren't here and, you know, I pay you every month. And you can explain that to them. And it's kind of an eye opener sometimes when you're explaining to them that they get free service once a month and certain months. And it's something that they understand right away. I've never had a customer say, well, I mean, you know, you're, that's fine. That's the way it's supposed to be. I don't, you know, I didn't make the calendar. I never have anyone arguing with me about the free service day and how you're going to use that as a free day for yourself. And then the wind policy. This is something in my area that's crucial because we get Santa Ana winds from October all the way through March and April sometimes. And it's something they have to explain to them that you're going to clean the pool the first thing is you're going to get the filter working and get stuff off the surface and then the bottom of the pool. So it's step-by-step step of how you're going to do this. And there's a note that says this process could take up to three weeks. So this will get you out of the situation where the customer calls you and says, hey, my pool still looks terrible. You know, it was really windy and you didn't clean it right. Just explain to them that you have 15 other pools that day. You can't be at their pool for an hour and a half. And it's in the service agreement that the wind day policy states that it may take up to three weeks to complete the process and the steps are outlined there. Clean out filtration system, skimming of the top, clean up the leaves in the bottom, pull vacuuming. Basically, you just want to make sure the pump is running and if you can skim the top, that's fine. And then, of course, there's the owner's responsibility and this is clearly outlined here and it's something that you should have because they need to know what they're responsible for. One is maintaining the proper water level. This is something that you fight a lot of customers on. It's clearly written in the service agreement that that's their part. Clean access to the pool area. This is something that sometimes you have problems with where they have junk piled up. You can't get to the pool. I've had this happen. This also probably includes dog dog waste. You don't want to be kind of navigating your way to the pool. Keep vegetation away from the pool equipment area. Something I run into here sometimes is that I can't even access the equipment room because there's overgrown bushes or some other obstruction that the gardener should be taking care of. And then, of course, the late fee, if they're late, you know, I charge a $10 late fee. You can raise that up to 10% or whatever you want to do. And then, of course, um, they want to pay you for the repairs upon completion. 
this is something that's important too, because a lot of times the customer thinks that you're going to build them for the repair in the next month's statement, but you need that money because you paid for the motor or pump or filter. And so once the repair is completed, the you're going to send them a separate invoice and the customer is going to pay you for that repair after it's completed and not you know, be billed the following month in the monthly statement. So these are all things that make things clear for the customer. And of course, clear for you what you're going to what you're going to do at the pool. If you have an employee, this is also good for them to look over because this goes over their duties to the customer. But I think it's really crucial to have this and to establish yourself with some kind of agreement. Again, if you need a copy of this, you can email me at david at swimmingpoollearning.com and I'll shoot you over a copy in Word format that you can edit and I'll be sure to change the tablet price right now. If you're looking for other podcasts that I recorded, you can find those on my website, swimmingpoollearning.com. On the banner, click the podcast icon. That'll take you to a drop-down menu of other podcasts I recorded. And if you're interested in the coaching program, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.